0: All right, well this is our, our fourth passage uh, as we go through this month and then the first part of November looking at God's provision for us. And so we have uh, looked at Jesus' encouragement to us to uh, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you if we abide in Him and His words abide in us. We looked in Romans eight twenty eight as to how God uh, causes all things to work together for the good to those who love him. We looked last week at Jeremiah 29, 11. I always want to say 28 for some reason. I don't know why. 29, 11. That God has his plans for us. And so today now, uh, building on those ideas, we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where we are being told that seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And this is still focused on God's provision for us. So as we begin looking at this, I want to encourage us in our memorization. So let's say this verse together. You can read it off the the board there with me. And then we'll take away some of the words and read it again and take away some more and read it again. But let's, let's say this together, shall we? Matthew six thirty three, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All right, we'll take away some of those words. I'll say this again. Matthew six thirty three, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All right, one more time. Oh, all the words of God. All right, almost. Here we go. Let's try this, shall we? Matthew six thirty-three. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All right. And uh, since this is God's provision that we are looking at this month, we are looking at the fact that these things will be added to you. The, the promise from Jesus in this is that the provision will be there, that God will provide the things that you need. All these things will be added to you. But as I, as I said earlier in the introduction to the service this morning, what are these things? You know, it, we, we begin the verse with a but and, and whenever that's there, you always want to know what came before it. Kind of like therefore. You know, if, if, as they, they say sometimes, if somebody says a bunch of stuff and then they say but, you know that the, the but is negating whatever came before, right? So that was a really great song, but. Nobody wants to hear that. Oh, you did so well, but. Well here, Jesus is saying a whole bunch of stuff, And then saying, but, so that but is to a certain extent negating a lot of stuff that came first, or at least contradicting and taking us into a different direction. What what is it taking us to? And and if you start going backwards, you can can actually go almost through the entire chapter of Matthew chapter 6 to find what he's drawing from. But we're going to start in verse 24 because this, this begins the idea to a certain extent of what, what he is saying, but seek first his kingdom too. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says to us, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. And wealth, and so right there, Jesus, uh, He had earlier been talking about praying and, and uh, asking for our daily bread and storing up our treasure, our wealth in heaven and not here on earth. And so this is where He gets to. You cannot serve God and wealth. And, and so what He is saying is, is that we have two, uh, there are obviously more choices than this, but in the context, He is setting up God or wealth as contradictory and opposing masters that we serve. Now how do we serve? How is wealth a master? And how do we serve it? Well, he tells us that in verse 25 and following. He says, For this reason, because you cannot serve God and wealth, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Then he gives us some examples. He says first, look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now they do do a lot of flying around. They do a lot of gathering." But the food is there for them. The Father feeds them. He says to them at the end of verse 26, Are you not worth much more than they? And all these birds? And then he says to them in verse 27, And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? And here notice there's a word that keeps repeating. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried. And then here in verse 27, who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing is the next worry. Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. I think I think a couple of things are going on there. On one hand, uh Jesus is letting us know that what we think of as splendor, God isn't so impressed with. That the lilies of the field to him are more beautiful than, than the most splendid outfits we can put on. But not only that, he's saying, look, if the, most, if the wisest and richest king that ever existed in the nation of Israel didn't look as splendid as the grass, the lilies in the field, he says, I say to you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. And then he says in verse 30, but if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You know, The, the grass is temporary and yet better than our best. And we can hold on to our best for a long time. And he says, it doesn't come close. Why are you worried about what you're going to clothe yourself in when all you're worrying about what you're going to wear and what you're going to have, well, it's really not worth that much. Even Solomon didn't have it as well as the grass of the field. And so he tells him in verse 31, Do not worry then, saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing. Now these are, these are the things that we need. These are the things that take up the most of our time, isn't it? What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? Where will I live? How will I get to work? We've added a few things. They, they could just walk. We have to drive. So you, We could, in our current time, add a lot. But this is, this is taking in the, the things you need to get by, basically. And he says, why do we worry then? Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? And then he says in verse 32, For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And so just as we had God and wealth as two opposing um, masters that we can serve, here we see opposites again. The Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Your Father knows you have need of all these things. And that's where the but comes in. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things. What are all these things? All the things we need to get by. All the things we need to get along will be added to you. And then Jesus ends this statement once again, so do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, I don't know about you, but this is, this is hard to do. And that's why we're going to focus on verse 33, because it is the, the change, it is the crux. When, when we say it to ourselves, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness... And all these things will be added to you. We don't need to list all those things. What do you worry about what you will wear or what you will eat or drink? We don't need to remind ourselves that the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. We, we can see that when we say, but seek first His kingdom. And it's a good reminder for us. What are we going to prioritize in our life? To seek first. To make number one. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. Because as he has shown us and as we are very aware, the world is full of worry. The world is full of things that we can be worried about and that can choke out our faith. Remember when Jesus talked about the, the different kinds of soil that people can be. You had the the road and the seed of the spirit of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ didn't enter into the road. It was too hard. And then you had the the soil that was full of rocks. And even though the seed could get into the soil, it couldn't couldn't create deep roots. And so it grew up, but it died. And then there's the seed that goes into fairly good soil. It can build deep roots and grow up, but the problem is, is as it is growing, there are thorns and weeds growing with it and it can't live. It chokes out the fruit. And and Jesus said that the the soil that is of the thorns and the weeds, that's that's like the, the Word of God when it gets into a person's heart and they hear it and they believe it, but as they go on in life, the cares and the worries of the world choke it out. So it can't produce fruit. And if you want a good illustration of what this is, I encourage you just to walk in some of the grass around our building. And you will find weeds and thorns that will choke out the good. It's a horrible example in our lives, but it's what we have, graspers, you know. And it chokes out what is good. It steals the joy. When you you don't want to go into the field to play with kids and you don't want to, I don't even want to go to the barn because by the time I get there I'm about an inch taller from all the the stuff I pick up on the bottom of my shoes. The weeds of the world choke out the joy. And and Jesus, in talking about the, the, the soils, the weeds, those are the worries that choke out faith. And the world is full of worry, and if we're not careful, if we worry about these things, it will choke out our faith. It will keep us from trusting in God. It will keep us from... Focusing on him from seeking him first. The world is full of worry. And this is why Jesus says you can't serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And and here's the thing because the full the world is full of worry, what does it mean to serve money? It's really about how we intend to use it and how we focus on it and how it uh, is the focus of our thoughts. We serve money by worrying about things. We serve money by thinking that money is the thing that will provide for us. We cannot serve God if we are worrying about the things of the world. Because if we are worrying about the things of the world we are not focusing our attention on Him and expecting Him to provide for us. So when, when, when Jesus is setting this up and saying you can't serve God and wealth, and, and so then He goes on and talks about what we worry about, and, and, and in verse 31, after He has talked about and given us these examples of the birds and the grass, He says, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? And and if we worry about those things, if we fixate on those things, if that's our focus, we're really worshiping money, not God. And he tells us even in verse 32, the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. The, the, the Gentiles eagerly seek. Now in verse 33, we're told to seek first. And seek first and eagerly seek, they're, they're coming from the same word. The only difference is, is where uh, seek is look for or desire to find, to require or demand. To eagerly seek has a preposition added to it. It has a prefix added to it. That says that it's it's epi, which means to be added to or on something that is fitting. And and what that does, it it, it intensifies. That's why we've translated it eagerly seeks, it intensifies the seeking. So, in in a way, what the world does, Jesus is telling us to seek his righteousness, his kingdom. Not even to worry about seeking or not, he doesn't even tell us don't seek, don't don't desire these other things, but no, first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. But the contrast is with the world that eagerly seeks those things. And so in a sense, what Jesus is saying, look, the world is so worked up about what it will eat, what it will drink, what it will wear for clothing, it's... Eagerly, it doesn't just seek. It just doesn't. Just, it doesn't just say, "I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow." No, it works overtime, seeking and trying to provide for itself those things. We're not even called to seek His kingdom with the same fervor that the world seeks for the basic provisions of life. their seeking is a, a, a craving even. In fact, sometimes it's been translated as crave. This eagerly seeking. And, and so what we are faced with is that you have, you have the, the, the worship God, the Master of God, or the worship of money, the Master is money, and those are set up as being contradictory to one another and what it's about is about how do we provide for the things that we need and the, the world it works overtime trying to provide for even just the basic necessities and, and those things become the focus the world is full of worry and the primary thing the world worries about is how to provide for itself where are we going to eat next what are we going to eat next? How, we can prov- how are we going to provide for our clothing next month? And, and I, I would say you could easily throw your house in, you know, whatever you're living in, your rent, your home, to your clothing. Because it's what protects you from the elements. And that's what our clothing is, isn't it? It protects us from the elements. And from uh, embarrassment, you might say, as well. But our clothing is protection. Food, what we eat and drink, that is our nourishment. These are things we need. When you go hiking or camping, there's the rules of three. You You need shelter. You need shelter within three hours if you're having a problem. You need shelter. You can go for days without water. You can go for weeks without food but you need some warmth you need shelter or at least a fire or something to keep you warm you need to be warm and then you can only go for about three days without something to drink so once you've got your shelter or your warmth then you can start thinking about what am I gonna drink and then once you've got that provided for then you gotta start thinking about okay how am I gonna maintain my strength what am I going to eat so Jesus is tying into very vital things that we do think about. And there's a difference between thinking about things and worrying about things. There's, Jesus isn't saying just sit back and wait for it to show up. No. A bird has to leave its nest. It has to fly around. It has to work. It has to find the food. But the food is provided. It doesn't plant. It doesn't harvest doesn't reap it just goes around eating but it still has to go around he's not saying for us just to give up and do nothing but it's this worry idea what are we worried about the world is worried about how it will provide for itself and we as believers we have to be careful because if we worry about how to provide for ourselves we're no longer looking at jesus We're no longer looking at God. We're looking at ourselves. And if we worry about the things of the world, if we worry about tomorrow, what we are saying is, is I don't really trust you, God. This is why He set it up for the Israelites as they were going through the Exodus and through the wilderness. He provided for them daily bread. Only enough for today. If you take too much, it will rot. But then every sixth day, he provided enough for two days because he wanted them to rest he didn't want them to go out and collect the manna so miraculously bread that was collected and made into bread you know the manna was collected and made into bread the next day it would be rotten it would be un- inedible but every sixth day they could gather twice as much and the seventh day it was still good so it was him actively, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a nature thing, it was God's active participation with his people, making what they held on too long to go rotten, but allowing and making what they brought in for the Sabbath to last an extra day. But his desire for them was that they would trust him and not worry about tomorrow. Trust him today, don't worry about tomorrow, he's already in the tomorrow. In a similar way, we are to trust him today and not worry about yesterday. We can't, just as He says, which one of you can add a single hour to your life by worrying about tomorrow? Well, which one of us can make our lives better or can add anything to our lives about worrying about yesterday and about what we didn't do? About what we should have done? Or even about what we did do? He wants us to trust Him in the present. And if there is something that we've done, in the present, we seek forgiveness. There's something we didn't do. In the present, we seek forgiveness. And we're not supposed to dwell on those things. And we're not supposed to worry about the future, but trust in Him. But the world world is full of worry. And the world worries about how to provide for itself. But notice that when He said in verse 32 that the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. The world rushes and craves and seeks even for its basic sustenance, and, and we know though what, the, what does the world do? It, uh, daily bread isn't enough. We gotta have yearly bread. Daily bread isn't enough. I want my daily feeling, you know, steak. I want the good stuff. I want dessert. I want more. I want more. Isn't that kind of the way of the world? Today's isn't enough. I want tomorrow's today, too. Today's isn't enough. I want next year's today. And we've created the ability to do that, haven't we? It's called debt. I can take a piece of plastic and I can put tomorrow's paycheck and next month's paycheck And I can enjoy the fruit of my labor next year, today. Well, except I'm just adding more worry for tomorrow, aren't I? But that's what we do. It's not enough for today. We want tomorrow's today. We're willing to go into debt so that we can enjoy it now and not have to wait till later. But our Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, Jesus says to us. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things, and that's why He he showed us the birds of the air in verse 26 that they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, but your Heavenly Father feeds them. He knows their needs. The same is true in um, verse 28 Why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. But Solomon, in all his glory, never clothed himself like one of those. And so if God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the first, will He not much more clothe you? So, so he, Jesus says, your Heavenly Father knows you need these things. Just like He knows that the birds need food, and just like He knows that, the, that He can provide something beautiful for the grass in the lilies of the field, He provides for us. And yet... What does he call us? well, we're we're of little faith. We're not quite really ready to trust him with these things, right? But that's why that's why Jesus says, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And this is, a, this is an amazing thing. Basically, he's saying, look, God, your Father knows that you need these things. The things that the world seeks for and is so anxious for and wants to add on and add on and have today what is reserved for tomorrow. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things. And, and if you seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, all these things will be added to you. They're not, we're not telling you don't have them. We're not telling you you don't need to worry about it. This isn't God saying, give up food, give up clothing, give up drink, just focus on me, give up everything else. No. He's saying, you're going to get all those things. He'll provide for you. He provided for the birds. He provided for the grass. He'll provide for you. What I see in this verse, 33, when it says all these things will be added to you, what I see in that is that all the stuff that the world so eagerly seeks, that it craves, the things the world worries about are add-ons. The the things that we think are the primary focus, the most important things, they're add-ons. They'll be added to you. It's kind of like uh, you know, there you can go down, you can go down Robertson, and there's a racetrack there on, on Boat Club and Robertson, and if you go in there, they've got frozen yogurt. They got a wall of these dispensers of frozen yogurt, and in front of that wall, they've got a, a, a bar of all these toppings. Okay? And you go in there and you get yourself a cup and you fill that cup up with frozen yogurt and then you add on toppings. Okay? They're add-ons. I've never tried this and I'm I'm glad my youngest is not here so he doesn't get any ideas. I don't know of anybody that's gone in there, gotten a cup and just started going to the bar and getting the add-ons. You know? Loading up on the chocolate chips, loading up on the little, uh, you know, Decorative sprinkles, throwing in some nuts in there, those are add-ons. If you were to go to a place like, I mean, go buy a bag of candy for crying out loud. But if you were to go there and grab the cup and go to the bar and, and skip the frozen yogurt and just start throwing the candies in there, that is the picture of the world today. Our world is seeking eagerly. They go to the frozen yogurt shop and they're adding, they're they're, all they're doing is focusing on the add-ons, the toppings. And and the toppings are good. The toppings are fun. The the toppings are great. It's wonderful to try to, you know, you you think about what kind of a flavor of yogurt am I into today, and, and how will that blend with some of these toppings? I mean, maybe I overthink things, but it can be a lot of fun but there's something perverted about going and just loading up on toppings. There is something mentally wrong. You know, if you're going to go to that type of a place, the, the, the toppings aren't even part of the cost. They're just sitting there. I mean, I, I assume, I've not tried it, like I said, but I bet you could walk by and spoon some of those in your hand and keep going. Be, because they're an afterthought. But you try to go up in there and open up one of those frozen things and put your head underneath it and you'll probably have issues they might not want you to shop there anymore the toppings are an add-on the things we worry about in life the provisions that we need to eat and to sleep and to to, to be clothed and to drink these for our very survival they're add-ons I'm not saying they're not important, I'm not saying they're not useful in our lives, but we need to remember they're not the primary focus. Just as if you had somebody that went and said, yeah, you know, I, I mostly go to the frozen yogurt shop for the toppings. I prefer my chocolate to have sat out all day, you know, getting stale in the air. I prefer my gummies a la carte, not in a bag. Nah, that's kind of weird. That's what we do in the world. We worry about those things and we completely neglect the fact that you're in a yogurt shop looking for the yogurt. We are in God's world. He is the primary focus of our existence. What you eat, what you drink, what you are clothed in, what kind of a car you drive, what kind of a home you live in, where you live in, all of this is add-on. And if you miss out on God, well, you've, Missed out on the primary focus and purpose of our being here. Just like going into a yogurt shop and just loading up on the candy. That's what the world does, though. But Jesus is telling us that these things that we are so focused on, that we lose sleep on, that the majority of problems in marriages are what? About money, right? The majority of marriages that have arguments, the majority of those arguments have been, we are told, I haven't gone into everybody's house and figured this out, but what we've read and what we're told is that the majority of disagreements and arguments and breakdown of marriage comes down to money. Because let's face it, money is a huge stress in our lives. If you can't pay your bills and you got somebody that can't help but keep making new bills, that's going to cause grief. And so we worry and focus about all that. But Jesus says this stuff that you're so focused on, it's, it's add-ons. And, and what He's saying here in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 33 isn't a formula for wealth. There are Christians in the world today who are hungry. There are Christians in the world today who are naked and who are un, under stress, who are being abused in the world. There are Christians in the world today who do not have enough. And there are Christians in the world today who have more than they ever need. He's not talking about that. What he is telling us is what we should be focused on. What our priority should be. Whereas the world is so focused on its worries and the things it needs that it worships money. We should not be so focused on our 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 needs and our desires that we worship money. We should not be so worried about things. But instead, seek first His kingdom. God's reign and rule in our lives. His righteousness. Not the world's righteousness. Not our own righteousness. But God's righteousness. What He says is good. What He says is right. And the only way we obtain His righteousness is through faith in Jesus and following Him. But Jesus is saying, seek this. This is the priority. Our priority is desiring God and His ways. And and don't worry about the things that the world worries about. Don't worry about all that. It will be added to you. The the things you need to eat, and the things you need to drink, and the things you need for warmth and for shelter, your clothing, you'll have those. They'll, They'll be provided. You don't need to worry about it. It, it, whether it'll be provided in the sense that God will bless you with it or he'll give you the ability to do it, you know. In our household, we, uh, we plant a garden. Some years it works, some years it doesn't. We expanded. We've got two plots in our backyard, which is a lot of work considering how small the yard is. Uh, and we're producing wonderful plants with wonderful leaves and very little fruit. You know, it's lots of fun to see no fruit. But let me tell you something, we wouldn't see any fruit if we didn't plant some plants. The hope is there that someday we'll have some fruit. The hope is there that next year maybe the plants that we uh, plant and we grow will produce a fruit. We still have to plant. We still have to water. We still have to go out and look to see is there anything on it that I need to pick off. But our hope is in God that he would provide. And if there isn't anything on the plant, I'm not worried about it, partly because I'm not living off of it, but partly because my trust is in God. In fact, mostly because my trust is in God. If my plants don't produce, God will provide some other way. But we're still going to work, we're still going to do what we can, but our hope is in Him. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Not that you just sit back and do nothing, not that we become lazy bums and, and, and... Paul even tells us that if a person doesn't work in, in the family of God, if a person doesn't work, they shouldn't eat. That we don't just support laziness and shiftlessness. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about that, that worry. That worry about how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Where is it coming from? Where is this coming from? That, that focus that it's on me to make sure I've got enough for tomorrow. Because if we're focused in those ways, what happens? Well, if I'm worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, I might not be available to help you today. If I need enough food, not just for today, but for tomorrow and next week, I may not be there to help my brother or my sister in Christ who is hungry today. And if I'm worried about making sure I've got enough jackets to last me the next few years, I may not be able to give up one of my jackets to my brother or sister who has no jacket today. God wants us to get our priorities straight, that we prioritize desiring Him and not these things, desiring His ways and not the ways of the world. And so it's it's not that we don't try, it's not that we don't work, it's, it's really focused on that idea of worry. Why do we worry about things that Jesus says will be added to you? He's not saying give them up. It's not a trade. It's not necessarily a promise that you're going to have always what you want. But what it is is a prioritizing. To recognize that the things that the world says are so important, they'll be added to you. You know, we worry about running out of food, but yet our grocery stores throw out so much food every day. We worry, 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 and yet there is so much waste. And God has provided for us abundantly, more than we could ever need. And so he says, don't worry about it. It will be added to you. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And so I hope that this verse will come to you at times when you get to being worried. I hope this verse will be something that you'll be able to draw out and tell yourself and remind yourself when you're tempted to worry about how you're going to provide for something. And instead of worrying about how you're going to provide for yourself, maybe this verse will help you say, nope, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek His kingdom. I'm going to seek His ways. And I'm going to let Him worry about these things for me i'm going to trust him that these will be added to you let's say this verse together one last time shall we matthew six thirty-three. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you let's pray heavenly father we we pray that we would seek your kingdom that we would seek Your righteousness. Lord, as the, the world eagerly seeks what it will eat, what it will drink, what it will wear for clothing, as the world eagerly seeks and tries to have tomorrow's food today, Lord, we pray that You would keep us from going with them. That You would keep us from going in those ways. But that we would seek You first that we would desire Your righteousness in our lives, Your kingdom, and that we would trust that You will provide what we need. It will be added to us. You're not asking us to forsake it all, just to trust You for it. And we pray, Lord, today that You would help us to trust You. we, we, We ask that You would bring to our minds those areas where we are so worried about provision, about tomorrow's next step, Lord, help us not to worry today, but to seek Your kingdom and Your righteousness instead. Father, we pray that we would trust that You know what we need. You're not ignorant, and You're not distant from our desires and our needs. You know what we need. May we trust You for it. We pray, Father, for it those here today who do not know Jesus. Who eagerly seek how they might have so many things and yet they're missing the main point to know You, to worship You, to live our lives with You, Lord. We pray for anyone in that situation today that they would believe in Jesus Christ. That they would recognize their sins. Confess them to You. And ask for your forgiveness. We pray, Lord, that you would help them to to seek your kingdom and your righteousness first and foremost. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.